Hey Life Canton, Roger here, Director of Student and Young Adult Ministries. So glad that you're here with us today. Uh, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a brand new listener, welcome. Be sure you can like, uh, that you like, subscribe, follow, so you can get more of our content. Not just sermons, but uh, stuff like this, where we're going to be sitting down with another staff person and doing a bit of an interview so you can get to know them better. Uh, before I get to that, just want to remind you all that God is so mu- up to so much in this community. Uh, he is on the move uh, with our 10-year vision, uh, with the things that he is starting as we pursue uh, reclaiming the image of Jesus and bearing uh, torches into our community. And there's a lot of ways you can participate in that, um, but one way is through giving uh, by financially supporting what he is doing in this community. So if you want to do that, head over to the lifechurchcanton.org forward slash give. I got it right this time, uh, page to <laughs> be a part of that and to give. Um, but without further ado, today we are sitting down with David Booth. Hello. David, say, there, oh, see, you did yeah. it without prompt. Everyone else had to, had to prompt them. Oh, no. You're, you're a professional. Natural. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're just going to sit down and go through some questions, just like we have with everybody else, uh, right. so everyone can get to know you a little bit better. Uh, you're more one of our more visible staff people, so people might probably know of you. At least the hair. What are you saying about your hair? It's just, it is a thing. Okay. It's big. I like your hair. That's, thank you. All right. <laughs> Part of who I am. I, I didn't realize that you viewed your hair as a self-identifying feature. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's had its own identity. <laughs> See? We learned yeah. something right at top. Well, I mean, a lot of times we were like, yeah, the guy with the guitar, the glasses, the kind of bigger guy with the, you know, the big hair. <laughs> always been at any church that I've worked at. I, I have never described you that way. No, the one with the hair. I mostly just say <clears throat> the guy who sings on stage. Yeah. <laughs> works too. All right. Uh, let's start easy. Uh, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then I moved down to Austin, Texas for all the formative years. So mm-hmm. high school through college. Um, I was in Austin and then I moved back to Minneapolis and now I'm here. Gotcha. Uh, brothers, sisters, family? Yeah, I have one brother, two sisters. Uh, my older sister, Rachel, um, she lives in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And then I have a brother, Scott. He lives in Nebraska. He lives in Blair, Nebraska, which is outside of yeah. uh, Omaha. And then I have another sister, Leah, who lives out in Austin, Texas. Gotcha. So pretty spread out. Yeah. Did you guys all move out of state right after college, pretty much? Um, I think think so, actually. Yeah. Uh, as soon as... Well, I stayed in-state, technically, because my parents were in Austin, and yeah. I went to school in San Marcos. Um, but my sister went to school in Indiana, and then my brother went to school in Tennessee. My other sister went to school in Tennessee. Yeah. And now my parents live in Tennessee. It's We're all over the map. Wow. <laughs> so what has been the biggest adjustment coming to Michigan? Um, <clears throat> The roads. I'll be I honest. Like, I, was, I like <laughs> I knew it's, it's not the it's not the cold. It's it would be the roads. Um, and it's so, not it's so, not the Michigan left. No, that because we have Texas turnarounds. Yeah. So what Texas what is that? It's it's a Michigan left, but it's called a Texas turnaround. Texas turnaround is catchier. I'm not gonna lie. It is. <laughs> it's got the alliteration. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, yeah. I had a thought, and then I lost it. Completely. They also have that center lane too. The center, there's no center lane? No, they have a center lane. So, like, it, it would be, they have what's called flyways. So, the mm-hmm. highway is elevated and two frontage roads. So, yeah. if you take, like, imagine Michigan Avenue, but there's a highway in the middle of Michigan Avenue. Okay. That's like a Texas turnaround. It's crazy. I remember my question. So, yeah. when I use the phrase, I hit a pothole, you know, like one uh, soul leaving my body kind of pothole. Yeah. You understand what that means now, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I thought, <laughs> I 
I mean, I always thought like a pothole, like, oh man, I hit a big one. And it was like, my car <laughs> would like shake a little bit. And now I need to get my alignment checked and like probably new tires. Yeah. I, we were hanging out, Jasmine and I were hanging out with uh, some friends in Boston the other day. And I used that phrase to, oh, like I hit like, uh, you know, like a soul leaves your body kind of pothole. And they're like, what are you, what are you talking about? And Jasmine's like, no, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I, I had to send it to, um, a couple of my friends, there was one that was really bad on Warren, mm-hmm. and I sent it to my friends back in Minnesota, and they were shocked at how big it was, and then they just put uh, a barrier in the middle of the road, yep. just saying like, hey, this is a pothole, it'll probably break your car, <clears throat> avoid it, go in the middle, go into oncoming traffic yep. instead. So yep. It was it was a thing. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, wife and children? Yep. I have one wife and three children. <laughs> Uh, my wife Naomi, she and I got married in July. Jo- June is the summer solstice. Uh-oh. This is the longest day of my life. Is the summer solstice, June twenty first, twenty fourteen. Is that phrase supposed to instill joy, or I mean, it, sounds... it was a great day. Okay, it was a, it was a really great day. Uh, it's just a very long day because it yeah. was you know the longest day of the year. Yeah, where the the sun is out. Um, but we have three children. Uh, they are Bear. He is three in. Well, he's almost four. Mm-hmm. And then I have Foster, and he is turning three in August. And then Porter, and he was just born in October. Yeah. So it's a, it's a Thunderdome in my house every day. Three boys. It's chaos. Do, it's you, think, do you think that Porter is going to be more chill because he's the third boy? Or are you just expecting, like, well, WWE starting so in a couple of years? I, I have, I mean, my firstborn is kind of a typical... Um, Type A firstborn, uh, and things need to be ordered. And then my secondborn, Foster, brought chaos, um, and he has no need for order and a high um, high capacity for selective listening. Um, and Porter, so like Foster was born into into order, and Porter was born into chaos. Um, and so I don't know. Right now, I mean, he's he is a what I affectionately refer to as a trick baby. Um, for anybody who doesn't have kids, and it's like this is what babies are like. It's it's not. He's a trick baby. Um, <laughs> he's pretty much always happy yeah. and sleeps through anything for the most part. I feel like um, you kind of have to develop that skill. Yeah, I mean, he just kind of <laughs> sits in his bouncy chair and kicks and laughs and smiles. Yeah. And there's just you know. Children jumping, running, and fighting, and so you're waiting for the change. Yeah, as soon as he walks, <laughs> I'll know. But um, it's been an adjustment going from you know double team to man to man, and now zone defense. Nice in the house. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's fun being over at your guys' house. It's, it's never dull. It's not. <laughs> it's not dull. Uh, I remember we were hanging out with staff. Uh, for the Super Bowl, <laughs> John, remember, John comes out in Bear's car and we're like, what'd you do, John? He's like, Bear ran into a pole. <laughs> yeah, he does that. Uh, Foster broke his nose because he ran straight into an Adirondack chair. Oh, no. Full oh, speed. I think I remember you talking about that. I didn't yeah. realize he broke his nose. Well, he broke his nose. The only reason why we knew he broke his nose is because his face was swollen. He wasn't <laughs> crying. So yeah. the problem is that I have uh, kind of a... A chaos child who doesn't have a pain tolerance, or like has a, a freak pain tolerance. I don't know if he feels pain. He has 
<laughs> he feels emotional pain. He is a big feeler, uh-huh. um, but he. Uh, I don't know if he physically feels pain. That's a little concerning. It sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what is your favorite scripture right now? I've had to modify this question a couple times. Oh gosh! Right now, in this season. In this season. Yes. Um. Man. I would have to go with. Let me pull it up really quick. And it's going to be one that people are like, oh, it's a psalm. It's not. Uh, it's, it's not at all. It is out of the book of Deuteronomy because that's fun. Uh, let me see. It's Deuteronomy 25, I think. Yeah. It is. It's kind of strange. Okay, it's all right. You must use accurate scales when you weigh out merchandise. If you must use full and honest measures, yes, always use honest weights and measures so that you may enjoy a long life in the land of the Lord your God is giving with you. Um, Why is that your favorite? Well, it, it's kind of like the whole chapter of Deuteronomy twenty-five is my favorite, and it, I encourage you to read it and go through it because I love. Um, God's heart for the vulnerable. It's kind of like a case study as you read each little little quip in it. Um, you get supposed to people take a dispute to court, mm. and you have somebody who's been wronged uh, and someone who has wronged someone else, and the person who's been wronged is vulnerable in that situation, and then the, the judge carries out the punishment for that person. Uh, and now the vulnerable um, is the person who has been found guilty and you see God's heart shift for the person who is vulnerable in the mm-hmm. situation. And then it gets into like another case study of don't muzzle the ox while it's treads out the grain. And it kind of is this way for you to look at who is the vulnerable in, mm-hmm. in our society and how much more does God look for that? Yeah. Um, and it's just been one of those things that it's kind of a weird, like favorite verse. I think people tend to pick yeah. like, inspiring and uplifting ones. And I like the ones that, uh, so I'm a, I'm a take your question. I'm going to say actually my favorite chapter right now, is mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 25. That's good. Um, because I like the work that's involved inside of it. Yeah. Um, of what's God saying about the vulnerable. And if he's saying it about, um, because it also goes into the widow. It goes, yeah. it's God's heart for the widow. And then it's God's heart for the person who did wrong. And then it's God's heart for even the animals that yeah. weren't created in his image. And you're like, Oh man, yeah. we're dealing with all these people who are created in the image of God. We have to be looking out for yeah. the vulnerable. And so I, I, I enjoy the work that's inside of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's really good. I think, I think one of the stereotypes or thoughts people have about the Old Testament is that the laws are harsh. I think once the more you dig into the context, it shows you that they're not actually harsh. They actually cater to, like you're saying, they cater to yeah. the people in the situations who are vulnerable and need protection. I was I was always viewing the law. Uh, what started on that was my brother kind of mentioned to me. He's an uh, He's a PhD in Old Testament and Semitic languages. And mm-hmm. so he's a fun person to talk to about this stuff. <laughs> but he was like, why is David saying I meditate on your law and I delight in it? And I was like, 
who does that? Who looks at like legal doctrine and, and yeah. de- finds delight in it? And I, I had always viewed God as somebody who um, was uh, itching for justice from a mm. standpoint of wrath yeah. rather than itching for justice in a standpoint of making all things whole. And the difficulty in making all things whole is that even those who perpetuate injustice need to be made whole and restored. And that's a hard concept that really shifted everything for me yeah. to see that God's not itching for vengeance. He's itching for mercy yeah. and restoration. And it changed my view of who God the Father is. Yeah. So, so that kind of ties into the next question that I have is, uh, when did you start following Christ? Um, I kind of like to say it as I, uh, I was, I was raised in a, in a, in a very devout home and mm-hmm. my, um, my sister is a Christian author. My brother is a, um, started a seminary yeah. <laughs> and is working on resources with, um, with some different people. And, and, uh, and I'm a, a worship pastor and my, and my sister is a stay at home, uh, mom, but her whole, uh, she's a trained social worker mm-hmm. and, um, so we all were kind of raised in that uh, that house, and yeah. I, I kind of like to say I um, I ran out the front door of that house screaming and stumbled in through the back door of the same house. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always kind of been there, but uh, for me, I would say I, I made that decision and made my faith my own when I was in college and. Yeah when I was attempting to run away and then stumbled in through the back door of the same house, that kind of process um, is what I would, I know it's That's a little awesome. bit of a vague answer, but no, I 22. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the answer makes sense for a lot of people who grew up in and around the church. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, first job and first ministry related job. Okay. My first job was a I was a bagger at HEB at uh, Herbert E. Butts grocery store nice. and HEB is the jam if you ever go to Texas Wasn't it's amazing it? Jared was also a bagger somewhere I think he said Nolan's maybe something like that I yeah don't know. who knows it wasn't as cool as HEB. <laughs> um, I mean, we had to take bagging tests every week. That's intense. Yeah. You'd, what happens if you fail the bagging test? Didn't You didn't become a bagger. <laughs> it's just kind of how it was. And they make you retake the class. Um, but that, that, was, that was it. And then my first ministry-related job, I think, uh, when I was 16, I started leading worship. Mm-hmm. And that went from volunteer to... Um, a job. Yeah. Once I hit college, I was an intern where I was the, the worship leader at my old youth group. Yeah. So, and then that just continued and I haven't had a real job mm. since just kidding. This is a real job. I work very hard <laughs> and do a lot. <laughs> Don't enforce that stereotype. <laughs> no, it is, uh, we it do just, stuff. we do a lot. Um, no, I, I haven't had a, I've never had a, outside of like service industry. Yeah. Uh, I think I've always worked pretty odd jobs where captioning for deaf students to, yeah. uh, picking out antique doors for, um, like just moving doors for, yeah. and out from an outside warehouse to customers. It was, it was a strange job, but that's 
Very specific. It, it was. <laughs> I've always had very specific weird jobs yeah. in leading worship. Yeah. I've always been the, the two things. Also but, a specific weird job. Yeah. <laughs> very specific. Um, what do you like to do in your free time? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> right now. Sleep. Just kidding. Uh, <clears throat> and you're kind of kidding. Yeah. I, I mean, kind of. If, <laughs> if, if I've got like a solid solid couple hours and I'm ready to go and, and I don't have like a, a thing to do. I love building Legos. Mm. I love Legos way too much. I'm an AFOL, if you will, an adult fan of Lego. I forgot. You told me, you yeah. explained that term to me once and I forgot. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm in a lot of different groups. Um, I have a lot of sets. I have a, a pretty ex- extensive have you, collection. Have you heard, uh, oh, what is their name? The ba- Don't Throw Out My Legos? It's a song, AJR. Oh, no, I haven't. I they read a whole one. song called Don't Throw Out My Legos. <laughs> I mean, my mom did throw out my Legos. I've replenished my, my I, collection. My family also throw out my Legos. I, I enjoy big <laughs> building. Um, I like building things that are real. I mean, on my desk, yeah. I've got a, uh, I've got a, a Stratocaster with a Princeton mm-hmm. amp set that I bought, and I love space. So I, yep. have, I have most of the NASA sets awesome. as well. What is the biggest that you've ever built? Uh, either the London Tower Bridge or the Sydney Opera House. How many pieces? Uh, I think the Opera House is like 3,500 or 4,000 okay. pieces. Would you build the Death Star one if you get your hands on it? If somebody wanted to fund... Or not the... Is it the, the Falcon? Wait, which one is the, <laughs> the Millennium? The Millennium Falcon is the... Um, if I had... That's like the seven. If I could, one, right? yeah. If I could, if I could not feel bad about purchasing that set, <laughs> uh, and money was no object, yes, that yeah. that would be that one. And then they also just came out with the ATAT Walker, and then recently the biggest set ever is actually the Titanic. They oh. redid. They also relaunched the Taj Mahal uh, a little wow. while ago, but um, yeah, that was an old set from the nineties. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Are you? Does it upset you that you can't go to the Lego place without a child? Uh, well, okay. The last time I went, <laughs> I mean, you have children. So yeah, probably not I mean, that I much. I enjoy taking them there because I can I can get them like a Lego and they'll yeah. they'll get excited about it. The last time it was, um, my children decided just total anarchy in the middle of the store. Um, but I will go by myself. They, I thought you weren't allowed. To go to the store by myself? To go to the Lego store? I thought you had to have, like, a kid. No. Interesting. No, you can go to the Lego store. There's there's many A-Falls. They're, they're starting... They finally realized that they had a whole audience of people who loved growing up building Legos, so they started making adult sets yeah. for... And they got the show now, too, the uh, Lego Masters. Lego Masters. Pretty sweet. Yeah, we yeah. watched that. The Australian That's version is better than the U.S. version. Why? Um, there's a kindness there. That doesn't okay. exist in the U.S. ones. It's not that the U.S. one isn't kind and fun. It's just there's a new level of kindness inside of the mm-hmm. Australian one that's that's really great. And the the builders who won last year was it was unbelievable yeah. what, they, what they did. Yeah, didn't we, know you were going to talk about that today. No, I mean it's a good show. I <laughs> would suggest people to watch it. It's a show you can watch with your family. Oh yeah, it's always a plus. Um, all right. So I got got some icebreakers uh-huh. that are. I pick specifically for you. Okay, yeah. 
Uh, if you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, you can only have three. You had to get every single one, and uh-huh. we'll take out like phone and email, whatever. Yeah, you yeah. can keep those. But you had to keep three. Three apps. What three th- apps? What three apps am yep. I keeping? You can keep email, phone, and text. Okay, cool. And then only three other things. The I mean, can you have Safari on there? Is that sure? We'll the, so okay, we can keep the native apps. They're just built sure, in your phone. Sure, sure. We'll okay. keep the native apps. Great. Keep the native apps. First one is Backgammon. Okay. Uh, that's my time passer right now. Anytime I'm doing a late night feeding, I'm playing Backgammon. All right. Um, real big fan. Uh, I mean, usually, okay, we'll call it an app. It's not, but Wordle. Okay. Yeah, I mean, big at Wordle, Octurtle, and Quartle. Octurtle? Yeah. I've heard of Quartle. Okay, so Quartle is the four. Octurtle yeah. is eight puzzles at the same time. That seems excessive. It is. <laughs> um, I really, I really enjoy that. Uh, and then I'd say uh, my brother and I mainly send Formula One memes to each other back and forth on Instagram. Yep. And so that I guess that. But Instagram. What about or- no organizational apps though? No. Okay, interesting. I don't, I don't. I don't really organize. No, I'm organized. <laughs> I just. I don't. I don't use my phone to organize things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is your favorite musical instrument that you own, oh. and why? And follow up, betting this: if you could own any one musical instrument in the world, money, no object, what would it be? So everyone you currently own and one you would purchase if you well, had. I mean, the thing is, like, my my favorite changes all the time. I mean, I really like my Stratocaster right now, um, but I love my tenor guitar. Okay. And I also love my baritone guitar for different reasons. So why do you love your Stratocaster right now? Uh, just because it's different and it's new and it's bringing out new creativity in me. Okay. But each each guitar that I've, I have brings out kind of a new, different thing. So yeah. my two acoustics do that. My two electrics do that. My baritone does that. Okay. My banjo does that. I don't really you care. Haven't play, you haven't played the banjo for uh, Sunday yet. I have. Have you? I did. I played when? it uh, I played it for Christmas in 2020. I don't think I was here. Yeah, would we, be started, we started with a song, uh, Glory, by Gunger, and it uses Oh, wait. A, uses no, I was here because we. Yeah. I got hired a month after you. I so. haven't used my tenor guitar on okay. stage yet. Um and I haven't used my ukulele. I don't really the ukulele is whatever. <laughs> but I, I also love my piano at home. Did you just put down ukulele players? I, I just don't I, like. It's fine. <laughs> it's just it's kind of a for me. It's boring. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shots fired. I know. So if you could, if there was any instrument and access and money wasn't an issue, what would I get? What would you like to own? Uh, there is one guitar that I played where I was like, this is so cool. And its use case is very small. Mm-hmm. Um, it was stupid expensive. Wow. Okay. I would like to get either a baritone acoustic or a Callings acoustic. Or What are special about those ones? Well, Callings are hand-built in Austin, and they're kind of like Super Martins. And mm-hmm. I have two Martin guitars, which are they're really nice, but uh, Callings is, um, to me, one of the... It's like the creme de la creme of yeah. an acoustic guitar. Um, and I really like them, and 
the the problem is like they're so nice that it's mainly like they're mainly like doctor and lawyer wall hangers more than they are mm-hmm. um, like musicians workhorses. Yeah. So that's the that's kind of the sad part. Yeah. Is like most musicians can't afford them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you implying about? Musical income salary. It's low. <laughs> Usually. I mean, it, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm All not right. complaining about my income. All right. That wasn't the yep. intent. No. Nope. I just I just remember what it was like when I was gigging and didn't yeah. have a full-time job. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Um, so this one, I didn't give you ahead of time, so you might need a minute to think about it. Okay. But what is the best? So we've been doing best piece of advice for every huh? staff, and I've been changing it because we don't want to hear everyone's average yeah. advice. So. Uh, what is the best piece of advice you have been given about developing a new habit as someone who has had to learn how to play music and, and do lots of skills within that? What's the best piece of advice you've gotten when it comes to learning a new habit? Oh, well, I mean, with the best piece of musical advice that I ever got mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily like about developing a new habit was play with a metronome. Okay. Uh, and at first I thought somebody was insulting me that like, I couldn't keep time. <laughs> and then I found out that they were just telling me how to do music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's play with the metronome. So if anybody's trying to figure out how to, how to do music, metronomes are not, um, they're not a thing to avoid. I play with one every Sunday mm-hmm. and they're really hard to play with. And yeah. if you don't do it, then it's not good. You did, you did talk about Sunday about how you don't know where to clap in a song. Yeah, uh, well, I I have a I have a hard time. It, it's always funny because the drummer will be like, "Hey, where, what beat is that? Um, uh, is that break on?" And I'm like, "Man, I'm playing a lead line, singing, doing chords, and trying to make sure the band's together. I can't count at the same time. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to do six a things. Lot. I'm bad at counting." And if you put me on a drum set, like I'm good at rhythm, but not on a drum set. If yeah. my feet are trying to move, don't I can't dance. <laughs> I can't do any of it. Do you think dancing is a beneficial skill? Beneficial skill for drummers? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I just know that I can't. Uh, I have a really slow foot mm. when I try to drum, and and if I try to dance, then children cry. So <laughs> I. I doubt that's actually happened, though. Yeah, probably not. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping there was a story there. Yeah. But that's okay. I But for... I don't know. I, I don't think there's, like, a, a habit, but I mm-hmm. will tell you best piece of advice my brother gave me right before, okay. right before I got married was um, if you want to see a specific uh, behavior... Um, modeled in your spouse. Like if you're wanting to see more forgiveness or um, uh, like, let's let's go with that. If you want to see more forgiveness in your marriage, Mm -hmm. uh, then lead it. Yeah. And so it it was just like, you need to say that it's okay in the relationship. And so you need to practice it first. Not like you need to be more forgiving. Just start, start by, Doing and, it first. and that could probably be. I mean, you probably extrapolate that to most relationships too. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, in any kind of relationship, it's not. Uh, it's not okay to say "I love you" until somebody says it first mm. and says like "This is okay to say inside the relationship yeah. now." Yeah, so. that makes sense. That's a good one. Yeah. So, 
Last question I got. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the 10-year vision and what you see God doing in this church and what's ahead, uh, what excites you most about what is ahead for life, Canton? I – a little bit about the – I came from corporate church world mm. uh, where we are uh, pulling in – 7,500 people on a Sunday, you're dealing with um, tens of million dollar operating budgets. Yeah. Um, and everything you do being on stage led out of fear of what will this do to not everything you do, but so that's, that's harsh. A lot of whenever you want to talk about a, a topic that could be considered controversial. Yeah. Um, but isn't controversial scripturally. Yeah. It's controversial here today uh, in our society, but it's not controversial to Jesus and it's not controversial to who God is because mm-hmm. it's the gospel and it's what's said. Um, being afraid of what it would do to the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I understand the fear in that of you you're running an organization with 130 employees and at the end of the day if you can't make payroll that's 130 families that yeah. you're 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 shepherding and taking care of and, and as I don't I don't take this lightly yeah. uh, but but for me uh, I made the conscious effort to come here because we were talking about. Um, the oppressed and wanting to see justice roll out because it is the gospel and understanding that like, um, there's not a politician that's going to take office. That's going to change the community. There's not, um, like, uh, if a Democrat or a Republican takes office, it's not going to change the, the injustices of this world. There's nothing's going to fix it other than Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the church has to lead the way in that. And I'm excited to be in a church that wants to first understand the pulse of its community yeah, and then act upon it yeah. uh, and be the light in the community where uh, instead of us looking to the government to come fix the problems, um, people are looking to the church. Mm. And I think that like Kenton is, is on the way to doing that. Yeah. I think we're going to do the hard work to make that happen. Not, in a way that um, nothing in our vision is communicating to me that we want to be a giant conglomeration megachurch. Yeah. It's more that we want to be a change agent for the community, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would be shared. Yeah. And that through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the oppressed would be lifted, that the vulnerable would be made whole, that the people who have... <clears throat> um, committed injustices will um, be the advocate for those that they wronged. Yeah. Uh, that the, the gospel of, of turning tables basically is, is, is preached. Um, and it's not just preached on stage, but it's preached inside of the community and that yeah. people's workplaces would be different, that um, their neighborhoods would look different, that their, um, the relationships with, uh, anyone they come in contact with would be different because of what Jesus has done for them. Yeah. And, um, that's what I'm most excited about for 
here, and I think I think that that is the common heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, at our church, not just on staff, but I think inside of our congregation. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and I'm sure it's it's cool for our audience too hearing because I've asked this question what six times now. Yeah. And just hearing, you know, repeating things is really cool. And hearing a lot of us are getting excited kind of about the same stuff because we're seeing the same vision. Um, so I'm sure that's that's really cool for me sitting here and listening to it. And I'm sure that's something our audience has picked up on too. Yeah. And it, the, the thing that I think can get lost is that um, justice is not a – justice is not a – a hot topic issue. It's not a, um, it's also not a worldly definition. Mm-hmm. It, it comes with the gospel of Jesus Christ and it, it, it cannot stand on its own. Yeah. Um, it, like you, it only happens because of what Jesus has done. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I've thought, I've thought a lot about in the past five years, just about, you know, what is different about God's justice than our justice? And I tend to, I tend to see that human justice is, uh, this kind of scale that needs to be righted. So if there's a wrong, then enough things need to be done, um, to balance the scales, enough punishment needs to be handed out. When you look at scripture, I just, again and again, you see that God's justice is, it's not a scale because he goes above and beyond and uplifting the people who have been wronged and who yeah. have been hurt and who have been abused. Like it's not a scale. Like he, he loves on them and lifts them up and cares for them until they are elevated. Well, and, and then the other part about God's justice that people don't want to look at is who is restored and makes, mm. uh, who, who is restored? Um, Paul is restored. Yeah. Um, where somebody who has been committing horrible acts yeah. of injustice uh, then goes out to be the, uh, just a massive torchbearer of yeah. who Christ is, and and I think we forget that um, that there is there is um, the the messy part and where it doesn't connect and where biblical justice looks so different than worldly or American justice uh, is that. Punishment doesn't make um, a victim feel whole. Yeah. Uh, it is, <clears throat> they're two separate issues. Yeah. And they're two completely different processes. Um, and that's that's the uncomfortable truth about mm-hmm. the gospel of Jesus Christ is it, it is. Um, it's for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's so... Um, yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a really big heart and burden for the criminal justice system as, as yeah. it sits. And um, I'd love to talk to you about it. If you not not now, but if you, <laughs> if you want to come up and talk to me about um, the justice system, it's a it's a big heartbeat of mine. Yeah. Um, there was there was a big time where I was uh, considering becoming a DA. Yeah. For I did not know that. Yeah, that's awesome. That, there was there were some moments. I just listened to an interview. Um, what is the movie? Uh, Michael B. Jordan was in it. It's called Just Mercy. Mercy. I just listened to an interview with uh, that actual uh, that what was that guy's name? That individual. I don't know. I haven't seen them. But I listened yet. to an interview about the lawyer that's actually based off of. It's funny. Someone was talking. It was like you know that one case you had where you know you you rescued a man from uh, and he was like which one you gotta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's funny, like learning about more about the individual, you realize like that was just one case of the like 
so the, of, of the body of work that he's done yeah. that's really cool the, I think it's important for us to remember that the image of God is not made to be thrown away mm-hmm. yeah and that's a, it's just yeah that's it's hard not to do a, stuff with it's not a it's not a fun warm fuzzy no thing um when the image of God gets perverted and, and we have to bring it back yeah <laughs> so it'll be a lot of work but yeah I agree I think God is doing something in this community to make it a place where that happens yeah which would be really cool awesome yeah. thank you for your time thanks for having me uh, if you are listening and, and you need prayer uh, or support if you're going through anything uh, big or small uh, please reach out uh, we would love to pray for you uh, you can fill out a connect card you can reach out to one of us directly um, but also we want uh, we want you to know that this is a place where you belong so there are life groups that meet semester based life groups that meet we're about to do some more uh, coming up in the summer and Pastor Al would love to get you connected to those so be sure to reach out to us so we can get you plugged into one of those all right, so for uh, our sign-off, I'm thinking dad joke. Uh, you and John Ooh, love a good dad joke, yeah. so leave us with a dad joke. I'm going to regret it, but it's fine. All right, fine. here you go. Uh, why do all of the Norwegian uh, battleships have a barcode on them? Why is that, David? When they pull into port, they Scandinavian. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>